episode 342 for November 2014. And if you're a fan of Spider History and our website and our podcast in general, I'd appreciate your support of this free podcast. We uh, have a big bill coming up in December for bandwidth and web hosting, and that's coming right at Christmas time, so that kind of sucks. But anyway, uh, if you'd like to show your support, log on to our front page at SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for a button that says Support This Site via PayPal, and you can ensure more episodes come out. All right, on with the show with JR. Hey, Spider fans, time for this month in Spider History with JR. We're headed back to 1972. I wasn't even born yet in November 1972. JR, how old were you? <laughs> Well, I can proudly say that I was all of nine years old in 1972, <laughs> in the fourth Amazing, grade. In the fourth grade. Amazing Spider-Man number 114 came out, uh, written by Jerry Conway, uh, pencils by John Romita Sr. Tell me what happened this month, sir. Well, I tell you, this uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 114, or guess what movie Jerry Conway saw in 1972? <laughs> Would it be the Godfather? (laughs) (laughs) No, he did nineteen. He's nineteen. Was that? Well, he's nineteen years old. He he likes to go to the movies a lot. Scarface wasn't made yet. Oh, that's right. He's also seriously influenced by other people's works, as in you know, in issue number one twenty nine, he takes Mac. He takes the uh, uh, Donald Pendleton's character, the Executioner, and you know, gives him a skull on his costume and turns him into the Punisher. Uh, (laughs) So you know, again, some you know, little creative lifting there. Uh, (laughs) Wasn't Conway also uh, into um, James Cagney movies too? Considering what we're well, probably could very well have been, considering how Hammerhead wound up talking. Yeah. Well, Chris Claremont lifted Alien with the brood. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead, JR. Tell us what happened in Amazing 114. Oh, well, we got to go back to Amazing 109, really, to kind of oh, lead up into up this. To you All know, right. uh, basically, issue number 109 is the middle of the uh, Flash Returns from Vietnam storyline. Uh, which was actually, I think, Stan Lee's last uh, last uh, story uh, in Amazing Spider-Man before he apparently turned it over to Conway. Uh, this is the story where we first meet Shashan. But anyway, that's not the story. We're, <laughs> that we're, the story is that through the usual complicated series of events, Peter, Peter Parker knows he needs to help Flash. Flash has been kidnapped by, you know, some big-ass Asian dudes. And, uh, you know, since this is the early 70s, you know, you know, all Asians are Fu Manchu. Uh, anyway, so what happened? He has to go help Flash, but he can't because Gwen's there. And he doesn't have the balls. 
To tell Aww. when he's Spider-Man. But then again, he hasn't for the last how many years. So I guess... 100 should, issues or whatever, yeah. Why should he change now? So he fakes it where he makes it look like Spider-Man kidnapped him. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gwen this. sees this. You know, she sees Spider-Man swing away with Peter's clothes. And Spider-Man is like... He's spun like a web dummy. You know, and... <laughs> You know, and <laughs> makes it think that makes everybody think he's carrying Peter Parker off somewhere, and everybody is so stupid that they buy it. But anyway, <laughs> didn't he do the well, web dummy thing before? Oh yeah, this? he's done the web dummy thing a lot of times. He did that once when he was trying to fool Aunt May into believing he was sleeping. Well, she walked in and saw the web dummy and fainted. You know, because she has a quote unquote weak heart. Uh, <laughs> You know, because Stan didn't bother to look up any realist, real, you know, biological information. And on the thing where he's outside the daily grind or something, or or the co- or the coffee bean, and he has the dummy swing by or something like. Well, um, yeah. Patch, who also turned who turned out to be Frederick Foswell in disguise, yeah, uh, or Wolverine, snuck up on him in an alley. You know, saw Peter Parker disappear, Spider Man reappear, and said, "Ah, oh, Peter Parker, Spider Man!" And then Spider Man says, "Ah, oh, shit!" Patch is right there, and then. <laughs> And then so he constructs, so yeah, the, the, then we have a web dummy wearing a Spider-Man shirt swinging off into the distance while Peter Parker is standing there. And Pat says, well, I guess I was wrong, wasn't I? You know, I won't stay here just another 15 seconds and watch his web dummy come swinging right back. You know? Oh, man. So anyway, so yes, he has he has used the web dummy before. Oh. Not recently, but yeah, 70s he did. Uh, anyway, funny. well, of course, Gwen is quite distraught because Gwen is pretty much, you know, as George likes to say, pretty well psycho and brainless by this point in time. Um, I think what was it? You know, psycho bipolar bitch. Was that one of the kinder things you said about I've, her? George? I've, I've never, I've never. Uh, I think I've called her uh, bipolar psycho. I don't know that I've ever called her a bitch. Well, that's, there we go. That's just so personal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I like you know, like in spider history, I make things up all the time. So you know, um, anyway, so Gwen runs here. Oh my God, Spider-Man kidnap Peter! Spider-Man kidnap Peter! Well, guess what? Aunt May is there. Well, of course, you know, Aunt May decides to start fretting and goes, "Oh my God, what happened to my boy, my dear fragile boy?" And Gwen has finally had it. Gwen has yeah. finally had it with this dingbat. You know, she's about ready to go have an affair with Norman. Oh, no, that's long ago. No, over. technically she already had that, didn't she? Yeah, oh, yeah. she already had Oh, she's <laughs> pregnant now, huh? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, probably, although you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell. And she's making no, no she's... effort to disguise it either, considering she's wearing nice, tight, 70 leather clothes. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh... You know what? Oh, you know when, when, you're, when you're when you're, carry, when you're carrying a you know a couple of uh, prematurely aging goblin babies. You know, uh, there's nothing like walking around in slinky outfits. Uh, no anyway, so you know, so anyway, Gwen has had it with Aunt May, and says, "All right, you dingbat. He's not a boy. He's a grown man. It's about friggin' time you started treating him that way, you old you, you old battle axe." Maybe, then, maybe, maybe, that, maybe it's a mood swing. Maybe it's the pregnancy talking. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. no that's common really sense. That's what she's saying at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is uh, Gwen. This is twenty four seven for Gwen, man. <laughs> yeah. even, and even if it wasn't, you was. know, just like Brad had it coming with his grandfather that one time, Aunt May had this oh. coming. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Aunt May uh, had are this. Are you coming. calling Aunt May a goddamn monster? 
Yes, she is. She was. <laughs> and I bet, I bet, George, she didn't like Secret Wars either. No. Uh, I just, I just, I, I prefer these days with Aunt May because we we didn't ever have to see somebody putting the spurs to her. <laughs> you know, like we did in Brand New Day. So, oh yeah. I, yeah, I like these walks down memory lane when Aunt May was still chased. Yeah, before she was. Get, well, I don't know about this, George. You haven't yeah, heard. Lebud- Lebudsky, we whatever. haven't got to the rest of the story, but uh-huh. uh, anyway, Aunt May. Now you know. Needless to say, Aunt May takes this scolding from Gwen quite well. Um, in a moment of clarity, she thinks to herself, "You know, I have babied Peter too much. He is a grown man. He can make his own decisions, and I need to face that." Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that's not Aunt May. That's not Aunt May. No, Aunt May goes away crying, Gwen was mean to me. And she leaves He she leaves a note for Peter to find in a later issue or whatever. Said, oh, you don't need me anymore. I'm just going to wander away and take my tired old bones and take my Social Security and my Medicare and everything. And I, uh, you know, and my dentures and, and my hiatal hernia and, and uh, my walker and everything. And uh, I'm just going to go away and die. I was going to say, what issue were you reading there first? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so in the interim here, we're going through um, stories with Gibbon, the Gibbon, and Craven the Hunter, and eventually we kind of get back to the main course. Spider-Man, there's a bit like a big crime wave going on, you know, all kinds of mobsters fighting and shooting each other and shit like that, you know. And uh, then uh, after stumbling onto some mobster activity, um, he had, he runs into none other than Doc Ock. Now, yeah. now, another subplot going on is that Peter has not been feeling very good. It's been, been quite sick a lot. And right. uh, this is the this is the story where we find out that he had that infamous ulcer, um, but he doesn't quite know it yet. But uh, anyway, so it, he just so happened, you know, that this one particular gang raid he was at just ha- there happened to be an exoskeleton which he could put on, and so even though he's so sick, he puts on the exoskeleton and fights Doc Ock, um, and he beats Doc Ock. Well, at the very end of issue number one thirteen. Can you please talk a little softer? I'm going to bed. Ooh. All right. Oh, the missus is, is uh, texting you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> I was about to say, I've, I've gone down that, tra- that trail once before. I wouldn't be fucking crazy. I mean, wouldn't be crazy enough to do it again. Uh, God, I, uh, I'm always getting in trouble here. It's like, I, God, I'm talking about... Spider-Man here, you know, allow yeah. an old man his indulgences. Anyway, refresh me, but before you go, uh, is this the story where Spider-Man's eyes, you know, on the mask are out? Is this that yes. storyline? Yes, this okay. is where oh, he uh, he has to get like a cheap mask, mask or yeah. something, right? Yeah, he's like got to get a cheap ass costume out of a, or yeah, a mask because I think he lost tore one and lost another or something and. So he gets a, a, a cheap mask that shows the eyes. So, um, I, You know, when I, as a kid I saw that, I, I wondered if that was a better design for the costume, if you see his eyes. I don't know. What, what do you think of that, JR? Where you see the eyes of the, ca- of the mask? Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to talk softer here because my wife said she's going to bed. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, oh, were you saying something? Yeah, I said, what do you think of that design with the the eyes out of the lenses where you can actually see Peter's eyes? 
Hmm. Do you like the design? or I don't, I, I, Well, you know, it, it's interesting. We find out that Doc Ock has actually been in a gang war with Hammerhead. <laughs> JR just totally didn't even I hear me. Be, wow. No, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I may be old, but my hearing isn't completely gone yet. It's just uh, oh, well, I, I, I was selectively of... choosing what I responded to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I will move on then. He doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, I didn't think that was a better design. No, that was. Just... Oh, okay. Well, you know what? For you Hollywood, can see Spider-Man's eyes. What a dumb idea! You've never seen well, Spider-Man. Why would you want to see Spider-Man's eyes? For Hollywood, wouldn't that be a better design? No, hell no. What are you high right now? What? <laughs> you might crack. That's the whole point: he's supposed to be covered from head to toe, and you're not supposed yeah. to recognize him under who it is. Well, what, what if Hollywood, I'll slap you? What, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? What if that would prevent Tobey Maguire from ripping off his mask every five minutes? You if mean you could Andrew Garfield, because or both of them. You know, you both of them from ripping their mask off well, always during the movie. No. Okay. No, it's not because they're actors. No, they're, at one point they're going, you know, to to want to tear the mask off for dramatic effect. But, yeah. but there, I mean, the fact that you could see their eyes instead of you know the giant white lenses doesn't that doesn't mean that you know you could that they don't need to take off the mask from time to time. I, but you, I I chalk this up to fever, <laughs> just because I know that you're well, ill right now. No, I'm better. The, I guess you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm recovering. But no, the quote of the night: What are you high right now? Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Jr. Evidently, I'm high. Posing questions. Go ahead. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes I wish I was high after about 25 years of marriage. Is that poor dumb bastard Spidey dude's going to find out? He's going to be wishing he was high a lot in the near future. High, oh, drunk, and awesome. stupid. I am uh, never getting married ever. <laughs> Not ever. Uh, this commentary was brought to you by Mail Order Comics. That's Not only I'm... that, but you know, I <laughs> I waited I waited five years after I got married before. I had my daughter was born. Spidey dude is going to be married and have a kid in the same year. He's going to be fitted for his own. He's going to be fitted for a straight jacket within six months after that. Oh boy! He's, he's already got one of those. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> George, what did you think is about being able to see Spider-Man's eyes? Huh? Wouldn't that be a cool effect? No, it's, it's it, it, no. It makes what? me want to slap someone. What about if one middle? What about one middle finger in the glove is exposed? Oh, anyway, so Doc Ock is in a in a. Now we find out that Doc Ock is in a gang war with Hammerhead to take over the gangs of New York because you know mad scientists like Doctor Octopus who have you know world conquering plans and you know who eventually try to uh, convince people that they can stop global warming and who uh, kill Peter Parker and take over his body for you know. Uh, a, a couple of years or whatever, and have a very fairly successful run. Really, he just wanted to be a gang boss during that entire period of time. Just wanted to have a bunch of goons with Italian-sounding last names, uh, you know, uh, con- you know, conduct petty crimes for him. But anyway, so we th- we. We meet Hammerhead for the first time, and of course Spider-Man, you know, fights him, and uh, uh, of course 
Hammerhead decides to show why he's called Hammerhead and, you know, says, here, Spidey, hit me on the top of my head. Spidey says, oh, sure, why not? You know, I'm I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm stupid enough to do just about anything right now, you know, since I'm wearing a, a mask that people can see my eyes in. And, uh, you know. <laughs> you know, and and some newscaster out there in Joplin, Missouri, thinks that is just oh. cool. Um, I was posing it as a question. Obviously, you guys think it's an epic fail. <laughs> so he fights Hammerhead. He fight, you know, fights Hammerhead and Doc Ock. And because he's so sick, though, he passes out because Hammerhead accidentally shoots him, sort of in the head, just grazes him. You know, one of those bullet grazes. You know, oh. because in 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 comics and in TV, when you're hit by a speeding metal projectile, you know, it and it it. it it can just graze you, you know. I mean, it won't, you know, cause severe bleeding or rip through tendons or bone or anything else. Or... It just kind of grazes you. Anyway, so he's unconscious, and Hammerhead, but Hammerhead doesn't kill him because he thinks that he might be helpful in this gang war with Dr. Octopus. Well, you know, that's... Yeah, see, yeah. Yeah, that's about how smart Hammerhead is. Uh, anyway, during this time, we find out that Hammerhead's origin... Let's see. I've I, I got to make sure this is this is the right issue here, and I'm not confused. Oh yeah, here we go. We do find out Hammerhead's origin. Uh, basically, he was just some unknown goomba who got shot up in the street, and Doctor Evil, Doctor Jonas Haro. This happens to be Doctor Jonas Haro's first appearance as well. Um, you know, having watched a few two game many gangster movies himself, decides to you know fit him with a uh, a steel skull. <laughs> you know what the hell you know and uh you know got you know deranged mad scientist has nothing else better to do with his time he'll just take some you know hoodlum and give him a steel skull and call it a day um so anyway we find out his origin but you know spidey gets away because what happens is hammerhead finds out where doc ock is and so hammerhead and his goons go to where doc ock is where the house where he's hanging out and Spider-Man then, you know, uses that time to escape from the rest of the Hammerhead's goons and goes after them. And then they break it, and Spider-Man sneaks into Doc Ock's house, and then he's clubbed from behind, you know. And who hit him from behind? No other than Aunt May. Aunt no! May. <laughs> and how was Aunt he able to May. hit him from behind? Because well, because <laughs> Jerry Conway forgot his, that Spider-Man has spider sense. <laughs> no, it's because his spider sense apparently did not detect her as a threat. Which In I other words, Jerry Conway <laughs> ignored uh, ten years of spider history to get him through a convenient <laughs> plot point. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We have modern writers that do that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but they don't have any excuse. They should they, they should know better. We've got like that this is this is you can argue, okay, maybe it's been what? This story's what, ten years after Spider Man's debut? We're now what, in his in his fifty second year? Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, but, but talk about the, somebody who was smoking dope though. I mean Conway, I mean was nineteen <laughs> he had Good Lord. He had he had to be smoking dope because, you know, not only well, of course. We'll get into the later stories that he told. We'll touch on those in a little bit. But uh, so Aunt May is living in the house with Doctor Octopus. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. And everybody <laughs> thought that Brand New Day was the first time she was getting any. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, that 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 was that's the end of issue. One. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so it, sorry. It, issue one fifteen is the big climactic battle between um, uh, Hammerhead and Doctor Octopus. 
Uh, all's well that ends well, I guess. Hammerhead gets away, Dr. Octopus gets arrested, and Aunt May tells Peter that uh, because you don't need me anymore and because your girlfriend was mean to me and because I'm just a senile old bat, uh, and I've ignored years of news stories and criminal testimony and everything else, and refused to face the reality that a guy with four mechanical arms <laughs> could possibly be a bad guy. Uh, so he wants me to take care of his house, and uh, I've decided to do so. And that's how issue 115 ends. And, of course, this later leads into, you know, uh, the fact that Aunt May inherits a island with a nuclear reactor on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's and insane. this, of course, leads a year later into Dr. Octopus proposing marriage to her so he can get his hands on said uh, island with said nuclear reactor. Uh, and then, of course, he and Hammerhead get blown up in a nuclear explosion, but not really. Uh, but it's not Jerry Conway who brings them back. It's Len Wein. So anyway, uh, issue Amazing Spider-Man number 114. Uh. <laughs> Now we're on to um, number. Actually, let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Jr. That that book cost how much was the cover price? Let me look. Well, here. let's see. Twenty here. twenty cents. Twenty cents in nineteen seventy two. It it sounds like a very goofy story. How would that story hold up in twenty fourteen? Well, not particularly well, but uh, t- to be honest, it's not the dumbest one that we're going to be talking about. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, that's next month we'll be talking about a dumb story, <laughs> not this month. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. oh, I don't know. It's it's it, these seventy stories. It's it's not like yeah. again, you paid twenty cents for it. I don't know. You know, if you paid four dollars, I don't know. But you know, it's it's a goofy seventy story. It's not, and that's the thing. I mean, Conway stories were goofy. A lot of them were goofy, but they weren't offensively stupid. They didn't right. insult they didn't insult your intelligence. You know, I mean yeah. they were they were comic book stories. They were typical comic yeah. book fare. You know, would they fly nowadays? No. But probably not. But at least they, they're still not as stupid were, as some of the stuff we've seen lately. They were written for a younger audience too, don't you think? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we still read it today, don't we? I mean, well, you, yeah, that's you, true. But we, we weren't the target audience back then. Well, and be, I don't think thirty and forty year olds were. But well, no. and to be fair, because um, Conway was nineteen when he's writing this, and he hasn't gotten to the you know the seminal issue that he's more famous for with um, well with the night of Gwen, the night Gwen Stacy died. So he's still got a few issues left to go there. So yeah. so you could say he's try he's kind of getting his feet maybe so. Yeah, right. but overall, one of, the flag, one of the flagship's titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but again, it's a good gig to get when you're 19, though. That's that's. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, really, when you you know, we can make fun of some of it, but then remembering, I mean, when the guy was 19, when you know, it's like I, I think I was I would have been capable of writing C you know C Spot Run at that time. <laughs> you know, so. But no, these these are 70s comic book stories, and and you you really can't take these out of the time in which they were written. I mean, it, it it is fun to look back and make fun of them and make fun of the anachronisms and make fun of some of the silliness or whatever. But but you know you do you you do that though knowing and appreciating the time in which they were written. Uh, the like kind of like uh, still a nerd said earlier. Uh, you know, Conway had an excuse for some of his stuff, whereas today's writers don't have an excuse for some of the crap they pull. 
True. Uh, we only have one other issue that came out in November 1972. That was Marvel Team-Up number five. Very new title. Uh, Jerry Conway also. Two spider books a month this, for Mr. Conway. And also uh, Gil Kane on pencils. And Spidey is teaming up with the Vision. Yes, in, in there, JR. Yes, indeed, the Vision. Well, Spider-Man is swinging around the city as Spider-Man is wont to do. But yep. then he sees some dude staggering in the street. Uh, and then when he collapses, Spidey <laughs> swoops down. And it turns out that the staggering dude is really the Vision. Who, by the way, will be appearing in a major Marvel motion picture in the year 2015. <laughs> uh, Goddamn right he will. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so why, why is the Vision walking around wearing a, ba- wearing a trench coat and a hat? Well, he borrowed it from Ben Grimm. Yeah, <laughs> which coincidentally we're going to run into in the, some. Uh, well, not in this issue, but in a later issue. But anyway, so Spider-Man says, "Vision, what are you doing walking around in a dumb trench coat and a hat? You're an android. Androids don't need clothes. By the way, you got this cool yellow cape and and this this red beanie that little dot thing that kind of makes you look like a Hindu on it, and you know on your head, and you know it's like so. Why are you dressed wow. like this? And uh, you know, the vision says, Spider-Man, my brain is on fire, you know, and Spider says, well, you know, you know, it's like you better stop doing the whiskey then. Uh, but no, we find out that's not why his brain is on fire. He's he's having seizures and he's losing his mind. Well, oh. reboot. Well, then we start getting to uh, we then we go to a secret lair where we find the puppet master. Well, he's plotting his latest revenge scheme against the Fantastic Four using a robot he calls Monstroid, which is a robot that he found in an alien spaceship that crash landed in a, in a pond right next to Puppet Master's house. And oh, how convenient. <laughs> Puppet Master was able to take a crowbar or some other thing and pry open. Try open oh, alien technology. So so uh, so one day he's just out burning leaves. <laughs> or burning puppets. And then he yeah. just sees some shit fall from the sky right into his pond. And he's like, well, isn't that a thing? Yeah. That just a damn it's How convenient. Marvel, it's the Marvel Universe. The Kree and the Skull wore each other on Earth all the time. So oh, Try and spacecraft falling down. The- just do try to get his composting done. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's an alien yeah. you know, refugee... Falls into his pond. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, this 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 mo- puppet master was a gardener. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he's uh, the, the um, let's see here. I didn't quite have it it open, but the, the robot has it calls himself something. It uh, I was going to say he calls himself Bellatrix, but no, that's uh, a character in a Harry Potter movie. Uh, let's see, what does he call himself? Oh yeah, because then the the next line is is a a, a classic, a stupid villain line. Let's see. Oh, he calls himself Balox. Well, then, then the puppet master says, "Well, that's not a name I'd think about. I'll call you Monstroid." <sighs> you gotta gotta <laughs> love. Both stupid. sound like medical terms. Like Doc, I got a bad case of Monstroids. Take some Balamax. <laughs> well, Balox sounds like a like the use it for zits. <laughs> Oh God! I'm I'm so glad I stayed up for this. So, so glad. Anyway, I've got bad acne because of the spaceship that landed in my pond while I was doing my composting. So anyway, the puppet master uh, uses Monstroid to steal some jewelry. 
uh, because this is all part of his latest scheme against Fantastic Four. Well, oh, Spider-Man says, you know, Viz, uh, Viz you're, uh, you're not feeling good, so I'm going to take you to a hospital. And so what he does is because as he, in just a couple of minutes, Spider-Man is able to whip up an electroencephalogram uh, because, I mean, that's what physics majors do. <laughs> Which, uh, if you've been following Spider-Man for any number of years... Uh, Wasn't he a biochemist major? <clears throat> well, or he was an applied electronics major once. So yeah. he's amazing. Well, he's at least three degrees, then. At least. Oh. At least. And he still could. He still didn't take gym to, re- to gra- the required gym class to graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, Spidey's, uh, you know, just because he's a college physics major, he's able to break into a hospital uh, in, in about the course of 10 to 15 minutes, cook up an effle- uh, uh whatever the hell it was. It had a bunch of E's in it. Unless and, it's uh, Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he says, wow, Vision, I'm detecting two sets of brain waves. You know, and, well, as the vision, then the vision goes into another seizure. So Spider-Man decides to track the frequency that's scrambling the vision's brain. Well, this leads him to the Baxter building because Puppet Master is taken monstroid and they're breaking into the Baxter building because that's where the Fantastic Four live. And, of course, Puppet Master's got a mat on for the Fantastic Four. Well, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it turns out that the... Monstroid, the alien robot, was a Skrull scout. Son of Mike bitch. He was talking about the, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what happened was the puppet master then created a little puppet doll or whatever to control Monstroid. And what happened was the, the, the frequencies that he was using to control the puppet and control Monstroid, because the vision also happens to be a synthetic... Uh, uh, creation as well. This was scrambling the vision's brain as well. So, what the vision decides to do then is he decides to become uh, what is it? He de- he doesn't become transparent, right? But he phases. Uh, so he defi- right. decides to phase through Puppet Master's stomach and break the alien doll somehow without completely disemboweling the Puppet Master. Um so anyway, the puppet master, after having you know this android hand literally rip through his guts and crush his little alien doll, the puppet master uh, passes out. Uh, the, the electromagnetic and magnetic waves, or whatever they are, stop. The vision starts. Brain stops being on fire, uh, and then he fl- the vision flies off, and all is right with the world until Marvel team up number six because. Spidey and the Puppet Master happen to be there at the end of five in the Baxter building when the thing walks in. And then we start with a whole other story then, and which has absolutely nothing to do with Marvel Team-Up number five. <laughs> now, you know, uh, George and I on Fight Club have been defending Team-Up a little bit. This one doesn't sound like it's forgivable. Oh, this isn't that. No, this isn't that bad. No, really? This, okay. No, this isn't like this isn't like you know Star Fox going out and you know and, and him and Spider Man fighting uh, you know uh, asshole men and Amazon warriors or or uh, Mister or or, or Tigra you know making commercials with Mister Bicky from the Quickie uh, you know or, or 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 what else? Oh no, yeah, Manhunter or whatever going at. And, and anyway, George finally remembered this because it had the two smoldering bitches at the end. Um, you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're 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 the uh, we're the the terrorist leader from the seventies who gave herself up to Jennifer Walters, who was a lawyer, and Jennifer turned into the She Hulk. Then then the, oh. the, the then the she got kid, the terrorist woman got kidnapped by uh, some kind of psycho seventies uh, feminist, and then the the terrorist yeah, decided the total, uh, Patty Hearst thing. Yeah, and then she, so she stuck her finger in an electric socket and electrocuted them both, and their bodies smoldered. So those are unforgettable. This one is this one is again is hard. This is fairly harmless. It's amazing to me that you've never done children's programming, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good or a bad month in Spider History, Jr. Well, that's that's just because I'm too sensitive, George, and and kids can see through that these days. They're just too jaded uh, to appreciate my simpis, simplistic, wholesome storytelling. Simplistic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and allow, allow me to put my sweater and my tennis shoes on and start this. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was an okay month. It was a typical '70s month.